0: Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. Call me hashtag boss. So you the people's mentor. And this episode of the show is a surprise. I have Trent Shelton back and I think you're really, really going to love it. He actually did a team training for our organization and you have to hear it. It's so good. So I'm really excited for you and I hope you love this. Make sure you share this and of course tag him. He noticed he got tag harassed last time and that's what I'm talking about. People's mentor fans. So enjoy this episode of the show and make sure you take a lot of notes ladies and gentlemen none other than trent shelton one sec let me spotlight you hello hello how are you i'm doing good what's up how you doing i'm so good long time long time no see it's been like 24 hours
1: yeah right about 24
0: hours oh everyone's so excited you guys say hi in the chat i cannot keep all these clothes on i'm sorry it's very hot what's up y'all how y'all doing I think they're doing great. I think they're excited. So we know it's rehab time, Trent. I think we are ready for some rehab time. And so I will start with my first question. How did you come up with this idea of rehab time? Um, And maybe if you want to tell a little bit about your background, a little bit of your story for people who have not yet become acquainted with you, I think that'd be awesome too. Oh, did I mute you? You muted yourself. Hold on. Okay. Now you can talk. Yep. You're good. Go ahead. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, just a little bit about my story. Uh, I'm not going to get too in-depth. Uh, but, I mean, if you want to get more in-depth, you can research it somewhere in my book or my podcast, the episode one. I talk about it. But uh, I was a former NFL player and just a former athlete my whole entire life. And so I always tell people, like, you can't relate to that just to relate to, like, something that's your everything, something that you care so much about, um, like, career, uh, went to Baylor for college, a great college career. Everything was going good. Then when I got to the NFL. Once I reached my dream, it ended up being my biggest nightmare. Getting cut, getting released. Cut means you're fired. They release you off the team. I'm going from city to city. I'm not sure about my next move because they can cut you anytime. And like, unlike baseball or basketball, uh, NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. So in the process of that, I had a son uh, out of. Uh, unplanned, but me and Maria Maria are married now, Tristan is 11 years old now and I always tell people, man, sometimes it takes what you might be thinking as a disappointment, obviously not Tristan, but just a situation, so I always thought, you know, I would be married first and all these things Uh, what you think is a disappointment could be your biggest rescue, and Tristan was my biggest rescue because he made me finally look at myself as a leader, I didn't think I was a leader even if I played, or maybe on the football field somewhat but in my life, I didn't think I was a leader I didn't think I was a role model and this thing I want to tell you right now, before we even get into it, like you're a leader. And some of you might know that. Some of you might think, oh, I'm not a leader. Nobody follows me. Somebody somewhere sometimes watching what you do. And so what is your life's life's video showing? I'm not saying your life's audio because anybody can talk it, right? People can preach it all day long. I was that type of person. But what is your life's life's video showing? And I wasn't showing what I was proud of. And so immediately I started to change my life. Uh, 2009, uh, I just got released from the Seahawks. I'm in my parents' house because I couldn't I could afford it, but I was just so up and down. I was still in my room in my parents' house, NFL player. And um, I remember just looking around my room, and I seen all these trophies. I saw uh, my jerseys. I saw my son. I saw just old memories. I just broke down crying. It wasn't some magical thing that happened to me. It was just that moment I broke down crying. I said, you know what? Enough is enough. And I said, it's rehab time. I never wanted to be a speaker. If you know me personally, I'm an introvert even to this day. I never wanted to be a speaker. I never wanted to start an organization. Rehab time was for me. That's it. It was for me. It was for me to better my life. And the reason I I chose the word rehab, because if you think about it, if you've ever been hurt before, you go to rehab, this can work with addictions too. But rehab for me means putting the strength back into a weakness. And so I had a lot of weaknesses in my life, mind, body, and soul. I wasn't in the personal development. I wasn't reading books. Personal development was hip hop for me, like Lil Wayne, was probably my uh, mentor at the time, uh, just rappers. And I wasn't in reading books. So I decided to pick up some books. I decided to say, you know what? I'm going to give it my best shot because I had one more chance. The NFL stands for not for long, by the way. So I had, you get three, about three chances, three years to really stay there. If not, they move they move on. And so I knew I had one more chance. So I trained, ran a 4 3, 40 yard dash for you guys that run 40s, and that's blazing fast. I got signed with the Redskins. Same story. But at that time when I got cut, um, I was in a better place because I knew that my life was bigger than sports at that time. I knew rehab time was it. And the step for me, knowing it, it was it, was in 2011 when my best friend committed suicide. I went to his service and I said, Anthony, um, because he battled a lot. He lost football, relationships. So when you hear me talking about of people say, Trim, why do you always talk about removing things from your life? Because or when you lose certain things, because I don't want you to lose yourself because you lose something. I don't want you to keep things in your life that are destroying your life because that's what happened to my best friend. So I promised him at his service, I said, Anthony, I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to make sure people know their work. I'm going to walk into my biggest friend. I'm going to go do this. I don't care if people call me soft, which my friends did. Certain friends left, said, you're leaving this lifestyle. All the criticism came with it. But I committed to it because it was my commitment to him. And since that day, you know, it's been history. That's been nine years ago when I made that commitment to him. And the rest is history, man. So I always tell people, when you have a, a strong enough reason, like a real reason why you do what you do, not some external thing, fame, money, those things can come with it. When you have a real reason like I had and like a lot of people do, you're never going to give up. You're going to find a way through. And so quitting for me isn't even an option. And so I never even thought about, oh, nobody's watching my videos. Nobody's bringing me in to speak. I say, you know what? Regardless, I'm going to focus on impact and one. Because listen to me, guys, and I'll give it back to just If you, A lot of people focus on likes. A lot of people focus on followers. Focus on impact. If you can touch one person, and please listen to me say this. This is not somebody that's just saying something because it sounds good. If you can touch one person, you can change the world. I've been over to 13 countries for my own events that started in my mother's guest room in the closet. That was my depression place. If you can touch one person, especially your life, but one person, you can impact many. So I always think impact over numbers. And it's worked for me.
0: <laughs> so uh, those of you who are on the team, like, how aligned is this conversation? I told him at the end of our first uh, interview, I was like, we're homies. Like, you we, you don't have an option. Like, we're just going to have to be best <laughs> friends. And everyone's like, okay, hello. It's like Jesse Lee in, like, blackmail form. It's great. So <laughs> I love this so much. I already have two pages of notes. Uh, the first thing I really loved, and I, I think it's so applicable to – so applicable to business because everybody who's on here is building a business, whether it's a big business, a little business, they want to put gas in the car, they want to drive the Lamborghini, whatever it is. I love that you mentioned disappointments can be your biggest rescue and with that are is there anything you can speak on about that where maybe somebody who feels like the person who's not getting the views or they feel like the person where there's so many no's or there's so much what you're doing is fake or there's so much whatever how you can turn that disappointment into the biggest rescue like you said
1: yeah um that's a jam-packed question um which a great question. So the first thing I would tell that person, like if you're a person that's receiving rejection and things like that, I want to tell you something. Um, certain no's have to happen. So the yes that's meant for your life can happen for you. So for me, yes, I was trying to go to speaking and gay. I was trying to do all these things. People are like, no, no, no. You're not professional enough. Like I was doing this back when, you know, people was wearing student ties. It wasn't nobody looked like me. It wasn't no tattoos or anything like that. And I got a lot of no's. But I know if I would have, got yeses for the things I thought I wanted at that time, I would never be in a place that I'm that I'm at now. So you have to understand certain doors have to close so you don't go through that door that's really not meant for your life and you can find a door that is meant for your life. You have to think like that and believe like that. I also would tell you, if you're in a place where you feel like things aren't working out or it's a disappointment, uh, the best way I can illustrate this when I look back nine years ago, eight years ago, I mean, even my disappointments that happened last year, last week, you know, I still go through disappointments. We all do. We're human. But the things that I was that I was saying that suck, the things that I was saying, oh, I failed or my life is over, especially football. I look back now and I'm like thankful that that happened, because if I would have kept progressing in football, I can tell you right now, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. If I would have kept staying on the team. I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So sometimes you certain things have to end so better things can begin for your life. Certain things have to go wrong so the right thing can go right for your life. So it's all about meanings. It's all about definitions. it's all about perspective. your perspective and the thing I love about perspective, you probably if you follow me, you know I preach about this every other day. The thing I love about perspective is nobody can control your perspective. Like nobody, somebody can look at this right now and say, This shirt is ugly. Somebody can say, This shirt is awesome. Is it, what it, it doesn't, nobody's right or wrong. It's all about the person's perspective. And you have a choice. Your perspective can be one or two things it can be your power or it can be your prison. And how you define things, how you look at things, tells about your perspective. If you always look at things and you see the negative, your perspective is your prison. If you always look at things, you live in the BC mindset, as I like to call it, the blame it, complain mindset, your perspective is your prison. If you're always, You know, saying everybody is against you, and even if it's true, right? But sometimes we don't have haters. Some people are telling us the truth. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it's facts. Your perspective is your prison. What's a power perspective? A power perspective is saying, you know what? I can't control certain things because your life will never be, first of all, and I think we all feel this now, that we really aren't in control of much at the end of the day. Like I think we all felt this during this COVID-19 thing. But I'll tell you this, peace is something you will never experience if you keep letting the things you can't control control you. When my life is frustrated, when I'm dealing with anxiety, when I'm dealing with worry, when I'm dealing with doubt, when I'm dealing with low self-esteem, it always comes down to this root issue. I am trying to control things that I cannot control. So let go of the things that you can't control and take responsibility the things that you can control. And that's a power perspective. And the thing that I tell myself, whether I'm working out, whether... in Just to be totally transparent, like, I'm in a place, like, a lot of things have shifted for my life during this time. Like, I'm not exempt from it. I don't think anybody is. So I'm trying to adjust. But I can tell myself, this is a loss or this is a gain down the road. Because I promise you this, and I hope you guys feel the same way. I know most of you on here do. I promise you this. When people say, you know what, things are never going to be the same, I'm like, hell yeah, it's never going to be the same. I don't want my life to be the same. You know why? Because I refuse to go through something and not grow from it. I'm not going through this to be the same as I was last year. I'm gonna say because of this situation, I became better. Because of this situation, I became greater. Because of this situation, I developed a new idea. I developed a new talent. All because this situation happened. And that's a power perspective. So start telling yourself it's power. I'm not telling you to ignore the reality of the situation because we have to face our realities, but you're always in control of the definitions. And I know this about people. The people that live at the highest level, the people that achieve, the people that have peace, whatever it is that you're seeking, they are very intentional with how they define things and the meanings that they give things. Because the meanings you give things, your emotions will follow that. And that's how you will live your life. And so I'm always saying this power is going to grow me, a lesson's in there, even if it sucks. But I know I'm going to grow from it. So that's what I would tell I forgot your question, Jesse, but yeah, that's what
0: I would tell the person. <laughs> I don't know. It's perfect though. <laughs> okay, so I think that I mean, whatever. The chat's happy, the team's good, I think we're fine. So I, I wanna back up to the BC mindset, because then there's also the A C mindset. And I know mm-hmm. we talked about it in our first conversation, but I just think it's so powerful. And so if you would be willing to touch base on that a little bit, because Again, we have so just you know if if they have a black shirt on, they've been in business with me for two plus years. If they're rocking a red shirt, they're brand new to six months. I think he's scrolling oh, through much. and looking at y'all, so you better have your biggest smile on. I am. Um, six. I see somebody l- with like a with, with a
1: blue face mask on. Okay, well, that
0: person is one year to two years, and. Then- <laughs> Who is it? What's the person with the blue face mask on? What was her name? I don't know.
1: I was trying
0: to find her name. I couldn't see it. There. And then um, <laughs> and then six to eleven months is white. So today's color day. We're doing Spirit Week. We're super big on culture on our team and just finding, you know, your tribe. So um I feel like the blame and complain mindset, especially like you said, with things that are uncontrollable right now. Coronavirus, people are laid off, people, whatever it is, uh, it's in, in business maybe oh the website's not working oh my god I can only order two of this oh geez I, I code 44 or whatever it's so easy to get into the blame and complain mindset and I would love for you to maybe talk about how detrimental that can be not just in little things in your life but also how if you shift to AC which I'll let you touch on how your whole life can change change and not just little business, uh, business. Yeah.
1: Um, so this is probably the part of the call where, you know, you start maybe I I might step on your toes a bit and I always say the truth hurts, but it always helps. And for me, I step on my toes every single day. The BC mindset is blame and complain. I kind of touched on that. And what I mean by that it's, we're always trying to find, a reason to justify something in our life. So when I was in my highest BC mindset, when I got cut from the NFL, I was blaming everybody. I was blaming the coaches, even if it was true. I was still blaming the coaches. I was blaming the chefs. I was blaming my mom and dad for not making me fast (laughs) enough. I was deflecting all responsibility because I didn't want to take the responsibility that I didn't make it. And so a lot of times we do that. We blame and complain. Listen, even if it's true, Is blaming the situation going to really free you? Because as long as you blame like relationships or business, any ship that's friendships that's sailing, if you are sitting here blaming the other person, guess what? You continue to give them the power or situation. You continue to give the situation or person the power to control your life. So even if someone breaks your heart over and over and over again, if they broke your heart more than once, guess what? You gave them the permission to and so you got to say, you know what? It's on me. I put myself in a situation. I, uh, I've had people in business screw me over and steal money from me. I had to take the responsibility and say, you know, I have to calm down first because I was like, let me take a trip right quick. <laughs> I had to like, whoof stop. But I I could I could either continue to be angry, which I was for a minute. And, I, and let me tell you some how this works. If you don't, if you stay in this mindset, first of all, it's like, uh. It's, what is the quote? Basically, I'm probably going to butcher this, but, you know, blaming other people, not giving forgiveness is like drinking a cup of poison, and expecting other person to die, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really true because when I got messed over in business a few times, but this one particular time, you know, it was a friend that stole money from me and I was very angry. I'm like, you know, I don't trust nobody no more. I don't trust nobody. Like everybody's like that. And I missed out on so many opportunities, like great opportunities, because I was like, I'm not working for nobody. So it took me taking responsibility and saying, you know what? I didn't really handle my business right. I should have had him under a contract. I don't care if he's my boy or not. I should have done this. I allowed this to happen. Mm. And when I did that, it freed me, right? It took the power away from that person, that situation, and gave it back to myself. So the blaming, and complain mindset might make you feel good, but it's going to it's, it's gonna continue to allow the situation to control your life. Flip it. The AC mindset is accepting change. And so... For me, it's about saying, okay, this is what's happened. What do I need to do? Okay, do I need to, you know, cut this person off? Do I need to, you know, say I'm sorry for what I've done? Like, okay, let's accept the situation. and happen. Now, how can I change it? And when you live in that uh, mindset, growth is going to happen. Confidence is going to happen. Just even wisdom is going to happen. And so I'm going to tell everybody in here, like, if you're blaming people and complaining about your life, like, I hear this a lot, like, oh, it's, it's the person's fault. It's my leader's fault. It's this person's fault. And it's always someone's fault. I want to just be clear. The world owes you nothing. And if you're waiting for the world to, like, give you something, if you wait waiting for somebody, to, the world just gives hard times if you wait for handouts. If you waiting for somebody to give you something, then you're going to be waiting your whole entire life that might not even show up. So accept your situation, change your situation. I have to accept that my career in football was over. And as soon as I accepted it, it created that freedom to say, you know what? Okay, now it's time to move forward. I can use what happened to me in my past. I can use that to build my future. So it's just about flipping that switch from going from blame to power.
0: Wow, okay, <laughs> let's like absorb that for a minute everybody. How many of you needed to hear that? Let him know in the chat, like you're preaching, I love it, you're feeding off the energy, I think. Like it's really good, I'm loving this. You're amazing all the time, but I feel like this is like, oh, so good. I love that you said, you, blame and complain might feel good, but it's taking over your life. Whew. And that comment makes me wanna kind of shift and pivot a little bit into a forgiveness conversation that I know you've, you're very passionate about. Because I think so often, it's always someone else's fault. It's it, And in a business like ours, it's so easy to blame the leader. It's so easy to take shots at, you know, I'm not the only leader here. We have so many amazing leaders. But it's like, it's very easy to point fingers and say, oh, well, Jesse Lee, da, 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 or whatever it is. And that is taking over people's potential to win it's taking over your life so much more than it's taking over mine and so that acceptance and change and stepping forward there are people who are brand baby new right now who just heard something like that for the first time because we've been quarantined the whole time they've been in business they have yet to get mindset training and so I think that that was just unbelievably profound. I would love for you to go into a bit on forgiveness and maybe your perspective on that because I know it ties in so well with the blaming and the complaining for sure.
1: Yeah, so I always say the F word, forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard. You know, you talk about forgiveness, people are like, no way. Like, you don't understand what this person did to me. You don't understand what happened. You don't understand. Like, you don't understand how terrible this person, I cannot forgive. And I want to say this. Without forgiveness, you can move on from the person or situation, but you will never move on from the pain. How many of us in here? You'll have to raise your hand. Have even ourselves have been removed from something from for years or even months, but that something is still controlling us. How many people that do we know that has went through something hard? Right, and without forgiveness, oftentimes we become the thing that we hated. So many times we become that and Mm -hmm. we become a person that we're not. And so you might be saying, well, Trent, how do I forgive? Uh, Another thing I want to be clear about forgiveness doesn't mean (laughs) forgiveness doesn't excuse the behavior, by the way. okay? like we're not going to just excuse the behavior. We're going to be use our wisdom to know something has happened. Also, forgiveness doesn't mean you have to put yourself back in the situation. That's on you. I tell like after three chances with something like I'm going to let it go. Okay? because at, at the end of the day, the more chances you give, the less respect someone will start to have for you because you set the tone that I can be used. You set the tone that you're going to settle for less. So with forgiveness, you say, well, how do I forgive? Well, what helps me gain leverage on forgiveness and forgiving people that I don't want to forgive is number one, I ask myself this question. Have I needed forgiveness? And the answer is absolutely yes. And we cannot expect, right? We cannot expect a forgiveness that we're not willing to give mm. we can't expect someone whether you try to measure it up or not like i didn't do anything this bad you cannot expect someone to forgive you if you're not given forgiveness so since you receive forgiveness if it's if it's in your faith if it's in your personal life you receive forgiveness you need to be able to forgive i mean give forgiveness that often strikes me because i'm big on that um i'm big on not being a double standard the second thing you have to realize is this person or situation controlled so much of your past, okay? Controlled so much of your life, like gave you the worst times, the worst experiences. You know, I had to forget football. As crazy as that sounds, I had to really forget football. Like me and football were like, we were like very intimate relationship. (laughs) I had to forgive it. (laughs) Seriously. Like, like football was my everything, you know, since I was a baby and I was even in that conversation When you don't forgive, what happens is, is other people, you make other people pay for your lack of forgiveness. So what does that mean? With my son Tristan, I wouldn't allow him to play football, not because I was afraid he would get injured. It's because I was still so bitter with the game that I didn't want him to be around. And so basically, I was stealing his joy, you know, from my hurt and my misery. So that was the thing that made me realize, like, wait a minute, if I don't forgive, there's so many people... That I'm going to hurt or I'm not going to allow in my life because I don't want to give that forgiveness. And so forgiveness, I mean, that situation, a person controls so much of your past. Why would you give them the permission to control so much of your future? Why? And the worst way I feel like to live life is moving on from a situation, but still being controlled by the situation. So if you become bitter and angry because somebody did you wrong, you make other people pay for mistakes they didn't make. Because a mistake that one made or some made in your past, that situation is controlling your life. If you're like me and you stop trusting nobody, and, and it's so funny because I was like, I don't trust nobody. And that's like the biggest cop-out because you trust a lot of people. You trust the person at Chick-fil-A making your food after spinning it. You trust the person driving next to you. You trust a lot of people, by the way. Just I just want to add that in there. And so I had to realize that I was not trusting people because based upon one person. So that made me want to forgive. And the last thing I think that you really can gain leverage with forgiveness is me with my faith, understanding that, that I, I need it, right? I need it. So like I said before, I'm going to give it. And I think if you really focus really on those three things, I think forgiveness, it doesn't make it easy, but I feel like it becomes easier because you don't want to live your whole entire life with a burden how many of us are, are carrying unnecessary baggage and dead weight in our life because we haven't forgave and oh yeah my bad and understanding this is deep. i I listened to um I had a definition for this word I listened to it today but it's like empathy I think it's like association or empathy something um but basically it's being able to put yourself in the other place other person's shoes um and I like to just say understanding when you Start to understand why that person did what they did. So, say it's somebody who does you wrong in a relationship or a friendship, but they never had an example of what right was. Say it's somebody who did you wrong in business, but they 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 got did wrong in business, and so it doesn't excuse the behavior. But you start to understand that they had no chance of winning at being a you know a loyal person, at being a person of respect. And when you start to see it like that, you start to almost feel sorry. You know, you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. This person was raised, wasn't even raised by a mom and a dad. And it doesn't excuse their behavior, but it helps you understand. And when you have understanding, uh, I think it just makes it a lot easier to forgive people or that situation.
0: Yeah, um, that compassion so that you're able to understand people, I think, is everything. And I, I mean, I know it's a, everybody says that I've heard you say it hurt people, hurt people. And so, you know, don't not not accepting that as something that's your fault, but understanding people make mistakes and that empathy. I I love that empathy has become such a household word over the last few years, because I think our company is really big on make kindness louder. And I just think that ties in really, really well with with um, like the spirit of Trent Shelton. Um, So I do want to talk then because I think we're kind of on the subject of pain then. How do you turn pain into power? Because we've hit on it a couple of different ways, but we haven't really said it like that. How do you do that? Because there are 700 people on here live right now. Then God knows when the Europeans will wake up. And then the Australians. I mean, there's a lot of people who will hear this, right? So we're going to harass you on Instagram again. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, but I think this is just a thing where we, we don't know. We don't know how to turn our pain into power. and. I think pain personally is one of the most powerful things you can ever have. Because it allows you to grow. It allows you to turn into the person you're supposed to be. It allows you to have that empathy, see things from different sides, see things from other people's perspectives. It allows you to stretch. It makes you uncomfortable. And so I I mean, like John Maxwell, law of pain, it's my favorite of his laws of leadership. But I would love for you to talk about that. I want to know how maybe even tactical ways to turn your pain into power because there's no way... Some of these people on here right now are not going through very, very real traumas. And I would love to, for, for us to be able to help, help them.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to bounce around a lot with this. So the first thing that I feel like you have to understand when it comes to turning your pain into power is, first of all, it's ownership. And it's not owning that the pain is your identity. And so many times the pain becomes our identity. Um, and we become like a walking reflection of the pain that either we put ourselves in or someone else gave us. And so, but you have to take ownership of it. You have to face the reality of it. Um, one of my quotes that I love to say is that you will never win your war by running from your battles. And so, so many times we sweep it under the rug. So many times we have silent battles. We smile for the camera, but die behind the scenes, especially in this influencer social media world where we feel like we have to be perfect for imperfect people. It's crazy. So you have to own your pain. And take ownership of it. And what helps you do that is think about times in your life, like right now. And this is what I do. I think about times in my life, because it's easier said than done, by the way. But I think about times in my life where, and I kind of talked about this earlier, where pain has led me to something better. Where pain has led me to something greater. I mean, you can take fitness, for example. I mean, I just ran the trails yesterday. I was kayaking, which was very hard. I didn't know it was that hard. So I realized, though, that strength is a part of pain. Am I telling you to put yourself in painful situations on purpose? Absolutely not. But when you can change the definition, when you can change the meaning, you say, you know what, this is going to serve me. This is going to make me better. This is going to elevate me. This is going to help me build confidence because I've been through it. And this is how you help people. Like, when you start to help people, and even in this moment right now, it. I feel like healing is a lifelong process, by the way, even in this moment right now, as I'm serving, it brings even more clarity to why things had to happen in my past, to why I went through certain things that I went through. Every video I make, when somebody says, Trent, this video helped me, blah, blah, blah. It helped me understand why I went through certain situations. You go through certain situations, not to just go through it, right? You go through it to grow through it. You go through it to impact other people. The best illustration I like to use with this is just imagine, just imagine you went on a trail, right? The first time on a trail and somebody walks up to you and say, hey, I've never, ever been on this trail before. I'm just out here. But hey, I made up a map. I don't know if it's right. Here you go. Would you take the map? Absolutely not. Unless you're just the kind person you're taking and throwing in the trash. Absolutely not. Because, you know, that person doesn't have the experience to be able to tell you how to deal with this trail. How to deal with the ups and downs. How to deal with what's coming. Is there animals out there, right? Bring enough water. You're not going to listen to them. But let's flip it. Let's say another person comes up to you and they say, hey, I hike this trail very often. I've been down here. I know exactly where to go. I know exactly where you're going to, I know where the the restroom is, all these things. Here's a map. You're going to take that map. Why? Because you're confident since this person has been through it, they can help you get through it. What does that have anything to do with pain and what you go through? Well, if you want to impact lives, if you want to take people's lives to the next level, you have to become relatable. How do you become relatable? You become relatable, not just talking through education. Education is cool, right? Nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying you don't need it. But you know what's even more powerful than education? Experience. People say, like, where did you go to school? I went to to the school of life. Who taught you how to speak? Life. Who taught you how to deal with things? Life. I've been through it. And so I don't speak about anything that I've never been through. I speak about things that I've been through. That's why I can talk with so much confidence and passion and power because I know someone can get to the other side. How do I know? Because I did it. This pain, right, qualifies you. And I'm saying this because this is the thing that can pull you out of pain because you're thinking about how can this not only help my life, but this is going to help other people down down the line years later. How can this pain help me? How can this pain make me better. It makes you more of a leader. It makes you more accountable. And so now you've been through it. You can help other people how to get through it. And it makes you a go-to person, by the way. It makes you a go-to person. So as you're going through these moments, start telling yourself that. Start telling yourself that this pain is not my identity. This pain is going to be my best friend. Literally, I've sold thousands of books. I have over a billion video views. And I'm not saying these things to pat myself on the back, because you guys should know me. I can care less about those things. I've spoken all across the world all because of my pain. All because of the things that I went through. So you have a choice. You can own your pain or you can let it own you. But pain can be your best friend if you allow it to. That's my spill on that. <laughs>
0: So good. Uh, I feel like most very successful people, yourself included, can look back on and you, it, it, the worst situations. Like it's not one situation, but I know as soon as I say that, you're like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. You can tie everything back to the worst, darkest, most horrible parts of your life, and you see all of the lessons through it. That's what he's saying, guys, is saying that, okay, these things, yeah, they're happening to me, but then in a Tony Robbins way, right, they're actually happening for you. Turn your pain into the power because every single thing that you're going through, it allows you to help other people through them. Like, you've heard me say it before, go through a minefield following someone who's already made it through. Like you want to make a million dollars in business, follow someone who's made a million dollars in business and has a lot of pain, right? Don't try to reinvent things. Like everything you need is built from pain. That's the strength. That's the power. That's exactly what he's saying. And I I really like what you said about pain makes you a go-to person, And I've never heard somebody say, like, the relatability thing. I think that's really cool. Because people think that people relate to... The cars or the trips or the houses or the whatever. And it's never true. People love when I tell my my hideous story. People love, ooh, what is this? Somebody's a tenant somewhere. That's cool. Okay, Betty's dream. Nice. Like, <laughs> cool. Uh, anyway, so I feel like people, they relate to the pain. They relate to the hard stuff. They relate to the poverty. They relate to whatever the ugly stuff is that you're going through. That is the human experience that is what connects us. It's it's not all of the exciting fancy stuff that this business can absolutely provide you and and a life full of abundance can provide you. It's our ugly stuff. And so, I love that you have um, you know, you you give people permission to really go through go through their pain um and all of that. So, Um, I want to talk about uh, success because I know you always talk about make a decision, be consistent. It's not hard. And there's some people who in um, COVID-19, in Corona time, whatever you want to call it, they made a decision. Like this is a new decision for them. They had never done anything like this before and they are taking, um, I wouldn't say like a shot in the dark or anything, but they are taking a, a shot, a chance. And I would love... For people, especially people maybe who did lose their jobs and are now focusing on an entrepreneurship path like this, um, I would love to know, first of all, what you're eating, because it looked good. <laughs> and second of all...
1: I'm, I'm so rude. I'm so rude. I, I don't I care. It's just... probably... I mean some life, some savers. Okay, that is rude because meal. I'm
0: only eating meat, and so I feel a little offended. But it's okay. Um, so you enjoy your lifesavers. I love it. I just, picky. <laughs> you know, whatever. See, I told you. But um, I yeah, I would love to know um if they've made the decision, <laughs> if they've made the decision to to be successful here. Um, can you hit on that and maybe give them some tips um, about success and maybe the standards they're gonna have to hold themselves to, and uh, you know, maybe that deep rooted why they're gonna have to serve for to to make sure they take this seriously
1: yeah so are, are you saying like in order to become more successful or to keep their success
0: yeah you could do it that way or there's some people who are seriously brand baby new like days okay. weeks in business they know they know oh Jesse Lee super successful so Brittany Anderson oh, Courtney Shepard whatever they know these people but like maybe they don't believe it for themselves yet and they're trying to make that decision to say okay i'm gonna make a ch- i'm gonna take a chance i'm gonna make a th- i'm gonna make the decision i'm gonna go forward on this um and i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah this. for sure um
1: the first question that i would ask you um not you jesse but just the person watching us in this situation is have a, what would the 9 year old tell you like the 9 year old version of yourself um what well, would the nine-year-old version of yourself be disappointed that you stop doing it, that you stop going for? It. when it comes to the word success, um, it's a self-definition and success is different for different people um, and you have to really figure out that what that means for you because I think one of the worst things that anybody can do is reach a level of what they think is success by society standards and still be unfulfilled and so I would like to use the word fulfillment like you have to go off of what fulfills you and I'm gonna be honest with you like everything that fulfills other people might not fulfill you you know certain things might not be for you and the question that I have to ask myself cuz we all have big dreams and I want to say this like I'm a firm believer in dreams dreams are awesome but dreams aren't enough they're not i could dream i could dream I want to make it to the NFL all the time like 99% of people do and 99% of people don't make it And there's a lot. I'm going to give five tips on what can really help you. But dreams aren't enough. It's about when you wake up every single day and if it really means that much to you. I told my son Tristan the other day because he has an NFL dream. I said, Tristan, you play the video game. Nothing wrong with that. But you play the video game probably 70, 80, 90 percent more than you do with the thing you say you care about. So you say you care about being successful. You say you care about making it to the NFL. But yet you don't spend time doing it. So I want to tell you this right now. What you spend your time on shows what you care about. Not what you post on Instagram, not with quotes, not what you say out your mouth, not what you tell your friends, not what you tell your family, what you do with your life every single day. There's no on and, I'm sorry, I'm about to get passionate, but there's no on and off switch when it comes to me with rehab time. Yes, I go through my times where I got to take a step back. Yes, I go through my times of disappointment, but there's no on and off switch. If you're coming with an on and off switch, I'm going to tell you something. The other people that stay on are going to pass you by. And you're gonna start probably feeling bitter and maybe even turn into a hater. I've been there before in my NFL career where I had an off-switch where I was watching other people and I was blaming and complaining. So get very clear on what you want for your life. I think you know the worst form of success is being successful and still feeling empty inside. Worst form of it. Okay, so understand what fulfills you. Second thing that I would tell you is ask yourself, are you willing to become what it takes? to be the person that you say you want to be. Because if I show people the behind the scenes of my life, y'all be like, child, please. Trent, I, I want to speak on stages. I want to do this. I want to do that. I say, okay, cool. You want to be a speaker? All right, go to elementary schools for three years. Go talk to kids. Go speak outside on the streets. Do it. Sell t-shirts at the back of your trunk. Do all these things. Also have a family to manage. All these things. They'll be like, oh, never mind. That's, that's too much for me. And so when you really live it, breathe it, be it when it is you, You'll figure out a way. So five things that I want to say right now that's going to help you on this journey, okay? I call it championship mindset. I'm going to be very quick with this. Number one is commitment. It's on my shirt right here. I have to remind myself daily, stay loyal to what you said you were going to do, okay? Long after the mood you sent has left you. So again, after this call, you might be excited. You might say, you know what? I'm going ham. I'm doing uh, all this stuff, which is cool. But what's going to happen when real life shows up? This COVID-19 exposed a lot of people's commitment. It exposed my commitment. I have to check myself and ask myself, like, hey, the mood is left. Are you still loyal to it? So what are you going to do when the mood leaves? And the deeper the why, that we talked about at the beginning of this call, the deeper the reason, the more you'll stay committed. Okay, you won't find a reason to quit when it means that much to you. All right, especially it's about serving other people because oftentimes we'll quit on ourselves, but we know if other people depend on us, more than likely it's hard for us to quit. Second thing is discipline. All right, get good at saying no to the things that don't get you a yes. It's simple. You know, it's so funny to me that, and I'm not, you know, uh, being insensitive to anybody. I'm not trying to make any, it's your life, by the way. Like, your life, do what you want to do. This is just my opinion. And if my opinion doesn't matter to you, great. I respect it. But this is the thing that I see. I see so many people say they want something. But yet, they'll waste their whole entire weekend. And I know in COVID-19, every day is almost a weekend now. We don't even know what day is which. But before this, they would waste their whole entire weekend. And you say, I don't have time. But yet you waste four, five, six hours on the weekend. You got to make sacrifices. Understand that's going to come with it. Too many of us, we want the perks without paying the price. We want the stage without going through the struggle. Uh. And it don't work like that. So get good at saying no. If it's not leading you you to where you want to be, say no to it. If it's people, because mindsets are contagious. I don't want to get into talking about friendships. You guys can watch videos on that. But the, the people that you're around, I'm gonna tell you right now, they're gonna influence you more than anything. So look around your circle, ask yourself, do I wanna catch what they got? Ask yourself, would I be good if somebody caught what I got? Because you are influenced. How are you influencing people? Okay, step up to the plate. So, number two is this one. Number three is consistency. I'm not the most talented speaker in the world, I'm not. I don't have, like, the whole layout of, I don't even know what it is, like, you know, three points and an introduction and a closing. I don't know none of that. I didn't go to Toastmasters. I didn't take any TED speeches, any of that. I don't know none of those types of things. But I'll tell you what. When it comes to consistently living my purpose, when it comes to consistently showing up, I've been very consistent for the last decade. I've been consistently doing me. I can't fake it till I make it. I can't be someone else. I can't be, like, your favorite person, I've been consistently me in my message. And I'm going to tell you this. When you're consistent, you become a go-to person. When you're consistent, you become trustworthy. People, the reason why you go to your favorite food place is because it's consistent. That's it. Because if it was good one out of 10 times, if it was excellent one out of 10 times, you wouldn't go there. In this world, we go to consistency. And while we're on this, because people love when I talk about this. A lot of us say we have a consistency problem. I want to debunk that right now. You don't have a consistency problem, okay? I'm sorry to say that, but you don't. Because a lot of you have been consistent at going to a job that you hate. Consistency is every single day, right? So some of you have been going to a job that you hate every single day. That's pretty consistent. Some of us, we stayed in things that aren't good for our life for a long time. That's consistent. Some of us have went to school, which right here, I hated school. (laughs) I was very consistent. You don't have a consistency problem. What you have is a commitment problem. So you can't be consistent to showing up for your dreams. You can't be consistent for showing up for your family, for showing up for the greatest you. If you can be consistent with the things that you hate, then why can't you be consistent with the things that you love? And I know it's piercing somebody in the heart right now. And I'll tell you why. You understand what happens if you don't show up for that job. You understand what happens if you don't show up for that school, if you're in school. You understand that. That's why you show up to things that you hate because you feel it vividly. You understand the repercussion. A lot of us, because we never lived it, and that's why vision is very important, seeing yourself at that place, seeing yourself at your highest level. That's why it's important to do that because a lot of us, we don't even know what we're losing by not showing up every single day. We don't know who needs our message. We don't know where our message is going to take us. We don't understand... The, the repercussions for us not showing up for our life. And when you truly understand that, even you got to make that part up, when you truly understand it, and you use leverage over your life, you will start to show up consistently, consistently okay? If it really means that much to you. because so a lot of us talk it, but a few of us live it, all right? It's time for you guys to live it. Fourth is faith. Faith is simply this. Faith is believing the odds are beatable even when the odds say it's impossible. Faith is knowing that the only impossibilities that exist are the ones you create. That's it. Everything was once impossible. And I challenge everybody in this car right now to go do something. I don't care if it's running two miles, you never ran two miles, or walk two miles, walk around the block. Do something physical because physical, you know, it, it exposes you real quick. Like when you're running and you're tired or you're working out, whatever it may be, but go do something you've never done before. If you never ran 10 miles and you're a runner, go do it. If you never ran a certain time, go do it. Because the more you grow the muscle of it's possible, the more it's going to be contagious throughout your life. Even with my team, I made my whole team run the half marathon and the 5k to 10k. I said, whatever you haven't done, you go do it. Some ran a 5k, some ran a 10k, some ran a half marathon. Because as a leader, and this is for the leaders in here, as a leader, I cannot bring impossible things, meaning things that haven't been done before that seem crazy to my team, if they don't have the muscle of knowing that the impossible is possible. So I put my team in situations that seem impossible, so they can prove to themselves that they can do it. So now, when I bring something to the table, like "Hey, we're gonna do this year, Uh, do this, do this this year," instead of them being like, "Well, that's crazy," like, "Okay, cool, we ain't never did it before, but we're about to do it. Let's go get it." All right. So put yourself in the environment of possibility and show yourself that it's possible. Even if you don't achieve it, you can always come back to it. And last but not least, it's heart. Okay. And. Heart is simply finding the strength to give more with everything else, even yourself, people around you, says you have nothing left. All right? It's heart. Right now, during this situation, I had to find a lot of heart. All the tactics and strategies and, you know, the affirmations wasn't working. <laughs> so I had to show up with heart. And Muhammad Ali says it best. He says, suffer now and spend the rest of your life as a champion. All right? Just because you lost the first round, second round, just because you got knocked down, guess what? You can always give back up. You're in control of that. Just because your back's against the wall doesn't mean that you're a loser. Maybe it means that you finally got some support where the only way is the sport. It's about changing that mindset. And I think if you have those five things, you'll become a champion. That's what I call championship mindset. And I think that's the five simple things that will help you be successful.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I love the chat. I don't know if you saw it, People we're like, oh my gosh, is this your actual brother? <laughs> I'm obsessed. I, I told you, I'm telling you, we are so aligned. It is nearly freaky. Like they knew what you were going to say about the, uh, about the, you don't have a, you don't have a consistency problem. I'm always yelling that all the time. It's so good. Absolutely. Um, I respect your time so much and theirs for sure. Um, I, I would love for you to leave them on one more thing, just cause you mentioned the whole thing about introverts. I would, Love for you to tell them just to how to maybe get over their biggest fear and take their business to their next level and really be when you guys are tagging him and make sure you tag me because you know, as soon as we let him go, I'll pick four of you for a dual live with me. Um, on how to be, I would love for you guys to tag if you're gonna be a go to person, if you're gonna be that, I would love for that to be a tagline, uh, maybe as a theme of this Zoom. I just think that's so powerful. So, like I said, as somebody who's so introverted and you're not this big extrovert and now you're a world-class speaker and everybody knows your name and you're just growing every single day it's so cool to watch um that was obviously a huge fear of yours so maybe it's not a fear of public speaking for these people but for people who are listening to this or watching this right now and they're like oh my gosh they i just i'm so motivated right now but i have this huge uh in my chest um what would what advice would you give to them before we let you go this evening
1: That's a great question, Jesse. Um, Well, it's true. I am an introvert. Um, And it's funny because if you ask people that just know me as Trent Sheldon, the speaker, they would think that it's crazy. Um, And if you ask my family, my friends, they think it's crazy that I'm a speaker. So it's it's just funny how that works. But I would tell you this um, what helped me really get over my fears, and I'll break it down in a really strategic way. But I think. So when I think about some of my biggest fears, so on stage, uh, backstage, a lot, I get a lot of anxiety, you know, in this, you know, whether it's too, honestly, when it's even before this call, like when it's people watching, because I want to deliver. And so, uh, even me playing sports before I'm about to go in front of, you know, 80,000 people. And I just started to think about like, what really helped calm me down. And one of the things was I gave myself permission to not be perfect. Um, I think perfection is a prison. I think, um, Perfection also doesn't always come from the purest place because I think oftentimes when we're trying to be perfect, we're operating from here instead of from here. And when you operate from the heart, even in your most imperfect moments, it's still going to have the perfect purpose, right, for that moment. And I had to give myself permission to not be perfect. So I had to say, you know what, well, however it goes, it goes. I remember being on stage where I failed before. I remember being on stage with two microphones, a whole nother story, which everybody was laughing at me. I'm like, what are y'all laughing at? I didn't get it for like five minutes. And that speech and those imperfect speeches and moments impacted more people than my perfect speeches. And so for one, give yourself permission to not be perfect. Two, I would tell you, give yourself permission to fail. There's no way you can walk in confidence by walking on eggshells. And so give yourself permission to fail. And the word failure, definitely, it's... Uh, out of context right Failure is only when you quit but give yourself permission to screw up give yourself permission to grow because you know focus is very important what you focus on is what you will feel but sometimes we can be so focused in tunnel vision that we never expand we never try different things like on stage i've done spoken words that i've never did before I've, I've messed up some whether people knew it or not but it allowed me to grow as a speaker um even as a writer i've tried different things as a content creator i've tried different stuff that maybe people didn't get but it allowed me to grow so Don't box in your creativity. And when you're trying to, when you're afraid of failure, your creativity will always be boxed in. And that's a prison that you don't want to live in. Another thing I would tell you um, is focus on serving. When you focus on yourself, you're always going to find something wrong. And so one of the things that I tell myself before I speak on a stage or a call, anything I say, Trent, you're being selfish right now. You're focused on how you're going to look, how you're going to sound. You're nervous. You're focused on yourself. And that's a selfish thing. And there's no way you can serve by being in selfishness. So I go out there, I have a conversation, and this is a side note. I have a conversation with the audience. So I had a conversation, and when Jesse told me, obviously I know her team and know what she stands for. So I pictured a few of you, even I don't know you, and I pictured what you want to what you might want to hear. I picture this having a conversation. Before I do a video, I picture that. And it gives me confidence to walk out there and to go serve and to get out of myself strategically with fear. My big, one of my biggest fears was skydiving. I'm not going to get into that story, but I was scared. Like, I'm talking about almost used the bathroom on myself, scared, like terrified. And <laughs> a friend bought this for me as a gift. I don't know why he thought that was cool, but he almost wasted his money because I was always like, bro, I'm not about to go, but I'm not that person. But he was like, you have everything. People give you everything. Like, I want to give you something that you never have. I was like, you could have thought of something else, bro. You could take me to like a safari or something. Like, <laughs> skydive? Like, really? <laughs> and so we go skydiving and. We went in, in Hillsboro. I just, I don't know if you're based up in 35. And uh, we go skydiving. And I did some research. Like, I, was, you have to be a certain weight limit to do a tandem jump. So I was, like, stuffing carbs. Like, I was like, I'm going to be overweight. Because I didn't want to, like, be like, I'm scared to do it. So I'm, I'm going to be overweight. It didn't work. I guess my metabolism was high. It didn't work. We get there. The plane is, like janky like I'm talking about I was watching it as we were like about to get on like the wind was taking I'm like is this plane gonna land it's like taking it up and down it's like where's our plane it's like that one I was like I'm not getting on that one and it was like come on man you scared I was like okay fine get on the plane and I'm scared okay we we hover at about 8,000 feet and so I'm just using all my strategies like man you can't be soft like my football stuff like let's go it's gonna be quick man you don't love it it wasn't working by the way they opened the door and it's this loud noise. Only ever sky out before they opened the door, and the first tandem went out, and he jumped and was like, "Ah!" I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm about to die!" And so <laughs> I was like, "Okay, let's get it." So I'm trying to scoot up, and the guy behind me is like, he's like holding me back. He's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "We about let's go." He was like, "This ain't your jump." And I was like, "Where's our jump?" He was like, "Your jump is at fifteen thousand feet. This is the first jump." And so I look at my boy. I'm like, "Bro," like he was like. 8,000, 15,000, if it don't open, you're going to die anyway. So you might as well just like go for it all. And I was like, well, I guess that is a great point. We get to 15,000 feet, and this is the part that I want to share with you guys with fear. I started to think about, like, why I was so scared. And obviously, it's because I'm creating all these negative experiences. I'm going to die. I'm going to use the bathroom with myself, all these things. When I thought about that, so I started thinking about all my fearful moments. And I want to be clear. There's two types of fear. There's a fear that keeps you alive, a fear that's a smart fear that's like, don't go do that. Because if you do it, you're going to die. Like, in a, like really? And there's a fear that's keeping you from everything that you want to be. And that's the limiting fear. And um, so I started to think about that in every area of my life when I've been fearful. And it came down to this one thing. I was creating a known result from a situation I haven't even experienced yet. How many of us do that with fear? We're telling ourselves what it's going to be before we ever experience it. And so if you're telling yourself that I'm going to go on stage and people are going to fall asleep and boo me and I'm going to have stage fright, you're not going to walk on stage. If you're telling yourself, "Okay, I'm going to start this company, but nobody's going to buy my product. Nobody's going to follow me. You're not going to start it. It's like a fighter saying he's going to lose the fight. Why would he ever step into the ring? And so when I realized that, I said, oh, this is just a simple shift. I can just make something positive on the other side. And so I did it. I say, you know, I I played mind tricks with myself, gained some leverage, and it was the most incredible thing in my life. And so I want to tell you this. If you picture fear as a door, okay, and everything you want is on the other side of that door, right, on the other side of it. But if you picture fear as a door, if right behind that door, that room you're walking in is full of negativity, it's full of you're going to lose, you're going to fail, you're never going to open that door. But if on the other side of that door you say, you know what, this experience, no matter how it goes, I'm going to become better because of it. It's going to be excellent. It's going to serve my life. You'll walk through that door every single time. And that's how I conquer my fear. And the more you overcome fear, obviously, the more it becomes contagious throughout your life. And you start to live a fearless life. And a fearless life is a faithful life, by the way. So you can't operate in faith and have fear
0: so good you are amazing and so blessed like you just ah, I love you uh and your focus on serving it just oozes out of you you absolutely served this community so much tonight and I have so much gratitude towards you I'm so grateful to know you I'm so grateful you're my neighbor I'm so grateful you yes. want to drive my cars like so now I'm like forcing friendship upon you this is great <laughs> I feel really positive about this Um, not kidding but um honestly you are such a gift and for those of you who don't know please go out if you haven't already bought his book um please go buy his book it's it's awesome it's really awesome you can do it on audible or and he reads it which i like when authors do that he has a ton of swag i'm sure you already follow him but if you don't already please do obviously we could have conversations for i don't know like the next 100 hours straight but um i respect obviously your time and everyone's time who's on here but trent thank you so much this was unbelievable i feel like we just had rehab time straight up and you're just such a gift to the world. And so thank you for sharing your time with us. I know you have children. I know you have a beautiful wife. And uh, I know you could be doing a lot of other things. So um, they all want you to come speak at our Empire University. So I'll have, it, I'll have another conversation with him. I'll slide back in the DM <laughs> and we'll talk about it. Um, but you are such a gift to this world and such a gift just now to this community. Thank you so much for tonight.
1: Well, I want to say, Jesse, just, just before we get off, like, thank you for what you do and who you are and how you walk as a leader. Like you came up to me like with confidence and that's what caught my attention. You came up to me and talked to me um, in person and just know that that's a sign of a fearless leader. And I totally appreciate you and appreciate you for believing in me and uh, sharing your platform. And I do want to say this, because when they go purchase, the, it's I have another book coming out called Straight Up. And so you might actually go on there on Amazon. You might see okay, where's, so The Greatest You has been out for a year, which if you haven't had it, get it. And then Straight Up is coming. It was supposed to already be out, but this whole situation is pushing back to August. So if you have kids, um, I believe this book is for everybody. But if you have youth, um, especially this book is for them, I promise you. It's, I mean, it's just straight up talk. If you like this, uh, you would love that book. So I uh, just wanted to share that. So I appreciate you guys. Awesome. We
0: appreciate you so much. Thank you a ton. Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lean. Call me hashtag bossly or the people's mentor. And on this episode of the show, we are on episode 134, and you are in for such a treat. Ah! I'm so excited. So, I didn't even tell if I was recording, but like, come back, come back, people. Of course, I did. I absolutely had my friend and just absolute powerhouse, Trent Shelton, on a team training for our team. And I know so many of you saw it on Instagram and were freaking out. You're like, are you kidding me? I want to hear it. And so, I got you. I got you, friends. So, make sure you screenshot this, put it in your stories, tag him again. He definitely was like, Jesse Lee, your people are hashtag harassers. What can I say? I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode of the show. It is a long one, I gotta tell you, But I would listen over and over and over again. I have like 20 pages of notes from it and I am so excited to work even more closely with Trent as we continue our journey as friends. So enjoy this episode of the show. Please make sure you screenshot it. Make sure you share it. Make sure you tag me. Tag at Trent Shelton as well. And leave a five-star review. If you're not already subscribed, you can't win Fan of the Week. So make sure you're subscribed You leave a five-star review, share with some friends, and love episode 134 of the show. In this episode's fan of the show! is Cheyenne Lee, five-star. Jesse Lee is the light at the end of the tunnel. Anytime I'm feeling lost in my business, especially times like now, I turn to listening to Jessie Lee's podcasts. Her energy, drive, and passion instantly boost my mood and channels my negative energy into positive energy. It's like a flip in my head has been switched and I'm suddenly driven and focused again. Although my business is not an MLM, every single one of these podcasts speaks to the heart and offers real life and business advice that we all need. I recommend her podcast every day on repeat, whether you're feeling up, down, motivated, or lost, listening to her will brighten your day and outlook. Thank you so much, Cheyenne. I love that review. It means so much to me. And for those of you who have taken the time to leave those reviews, I literally leave every single one. I know it takes your time and energy to do that. Thank you so much for that review. It means a lot. Hope you guys loved episode 134 of the show with Trent Shelton. Thanks again for sharing. Thanks again for listening. And thanks again for subscribing. Love you guys.